Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians, specifically chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. No one is ever saved in response to any message other than the true gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news about salvation through Jesus Christ, available only by faith in Him. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Gospel. Verse 5, that he appeared to Cephas, named for Peter, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. Now, that's quite a bit of eyewitness testimony. People saw the risen Jesus, over 500 people. He does it just at one time. And this is not an exhaustive list. If you're thinking back to what we've studied recently in the Gospels, it skips at least the women at the tomb that He spoke to before they went their way. Um, There were the two disciples that He spoke to on the road to uh, Emmaus. We know that um, these appearances were spread over 40 days, except for the appearance to Paul, which came uh, years later. We don't know how many more times he appeared during uh, those 40 days, but it says, lists them pretty specifically as if Paul's saying, hey, go check it out. Talk to these people. Cephas, that's another name for Peter. That appearance is mentioned in Luke 24, 34, but all it says is he appeared to Peter. We're not told what they talked about, what they did, anything like that. Then to the 12, you say, well, that's a mistake. There were only 11 because Judas hung himself. Well, no, the twelve is the nickname for the whole brand or the whole band of the original apostles, even before Judas was replaced. And there were several appearances to all or most of them. Then to 500 plus at one time, that might be the incident recorded in Matthew 28, where Jesus spoke what we call the the Great Commission. We can't be certain about that, um, exactly when it happened. It could also be referring to the day that he ascended, if that's a different day. And even though Paul came along later, he knew that almost all those who saw Jesus were still alive. Wouldn't it be interesting to, to... to get a chance to hear the conversation between Paul and somebody else who had seen Jesus right after His resurrection and before His ascension. Beyond his own encounter with the risen Lord, Paul verified his resurrection on the basis of all these other eyewitnesses, and it's written here for us. It says, then he appeared to James, 
Now, that's a little bit enigmatic. We don't know for sure which of the five men named James that are mentioned in the New Testament that it is. We're not given any details of this appearance. The best guess believed by most Bible commentators, and I agree with them, this probably refers to James, who was the half-brother of Jesus. Jesus' brothers and sisters did not believe in Him before His resurrection. Apparently, they did very quickly afterward. But this one named James, this half-brother, a natural child of Joseph and Mary, he's the one who became the primary leader of the first gathering of Christians, the first church of anywhere in Jerusalem. He's the one who presided over the um, Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. Um, we, the fact that it specifies to James probably rules out the other two named James who were among the apostles. There was James the brother of John and then the one who's referred to as James the less. And then Paul tosses in and he appeared to all the apostles. Well, since the twelve are mentioned earlier, this might refer to a, a group that, that was gathered when Jesus ascended as recorded in Acts chapter 1. We know that there are apostles as with a capital A, those original twelve, minus Judas plus Matthias, and then there's Paul who came along later. We'll be seeing more about him as we work through this chapter. And then finally, he says, last of all, as to one untimely born, He appeared to me also. That appearance came, it's hard to get the chronology exactly pinned down because we're not told in Scripture, but it it was probably two to six years after Jesus had ascended. Paul says, He appeared to me as to one untimely born. Now, that's not a word that most of us would choose to use for ourselves, One untimely born literally refers to an abortion or a miscarriage. Paul may have chosen the word because, well, that's how he regarded himself. I'm the Johnny-come-lately here. I wasn't part of the original group. I wasn't with Jesus for those three years. I was out persecuting the church, and yet he chose me as if to show the the depths of the dregs of sinners from which He could draw one of His children, one of His servants. So He may be referring that to Himself in those terms because of the the unnatural, almost violent way that He came into uh, the role of apostle. But there are other commentators and lexicographers who say that maybe Paul was using this word for another reason. We know that in Corinth, where Paul was their spiritual father, others came along after him and called themselves the super apostles, and they denigrated Paul. They made fun of how he looked. They made fun of how he talked. They, they, they put him down. Maybe some of Paul's enemies used this word for him in Corinth, and so maybe that's why he says, after he appeared to all the apostles, last of all, he came to this one that you say is one untimely board. So maybe he's just using it out of humility, self-deprecation. I would tend to think that way. Well, that brings us to our final point. The recipients of the gospel are hinted at 
here. The next two verses, 9 and 10, reveal the attitudes of a person who is a true believer, a true recipient of the gospel and all of its eternal benefits. This is a a description of the kind of person who stands in the gospel. Verse 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle. He's saying, I am like a miscarriage, if you will. I'm not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul was not one of the twelve. His ministry was not launched upon that first arrival of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, as was the case with Peter and James and John and all the others. Paul was not part of the church when it was born, when those 3,000 people put their faith in the gospel that Christ died for our sins and He was buried and He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, just as Peter preached it in Acts chapter 2. As a matter of fact, not only was he not part of the church at the beginning, he was zealous about persecuting the church before he was saved. He hated the church because the church was composed of the people who followed Christ, and he hated Christ. Now, if you were a really diligent church member, and before our webcast today, you went and you downloaded the notes... I can prove to you I'm not an apostle because I'm not inerrant. I gave a totally randomly wrong Bible verse. I put in Titus 1.15. Where does it say that he persecuted the church before he was, before he was a, a, a Christian? Well, right here in Acts 15.9, but the other place is Acts chapter 8, verse 3, talking about at the stoning of Stephen. Saul, who was not yet Paul, he was not yet a believer. He was there in willing participation with that. So before he was saved, he persecuted the church, then he was made part of it. Then he had more to do with spreading the gospel and planting churches than any other man of his generation and maybe even since. Paul's calling, it was unique, it was different from the other apostles. Acts chapter 9 verse 15 Remember, Paul is knocked to the ground, he's blinded, and he cries out, Lord, who are you? When the Lord says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he was taken into the the city, and remember, a man named Ananias was supposed to minister to him. And here's the instructions to Ananias in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. For he, this Saul, whom I will change his name to Paul, he is a chosen instrument of of mine, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. God had a very special plan for Paul. He was like one untimely born compared to the other ones. Paul went on to have the the very widest geographical influence of any of the apostles. We have records outside of the Bible of where other apostles probably went and where they uh, probably uh, preached. But Paul was the one that God used to oversee this great transition that took place. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.